Hey guys, you're listening to Gravity Connect number four. That's week four of Gravity Connect. I'm joined with Sean Witt, co-owner of Gravity Paramotors. Uh, and there are some updates available for this week. I've had some more flights on my gravity-defined paramotor, which uh, has been really, really cool. I've got some questions for Sean uh, about how I can dial my paramotor in perhaps just a little bit more. And I look forward to hearing from him. I look forward to hearing from you, Sean, more uh, about what's going on over there in the world of gravity right now. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. So I'm <laughs> getting ready. If you've you've got me drugged up again, so I can't That's move right. my, my my feet or arms, and I'm here to answer <laughs> answer all your questions. So I hope right. I, I hope I can give some good answers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure you've been busy. I've been busy flying. Uh, we, we had some snow roll into El Paso, which is crazy because we beat the northeast side of the country in getting snow first. So it didn't last. It didn't stay for very long. It was only around for like half a day. But it did get cold is the point I'm trying to make. And that sometimes puts a damper on our ability to fly here. You know, you, people would think that just because I'm in the desert that it's it's warm, but it gets cold as hell here. So, uh. yeah, I when I was stationed there in Kansas uh, near Fort at Fort Riley, um, obviously Kansas is, doesn't have light winters. But I'll tell you, some of the best flights I ever had was right after a big snowstorm came in. Uh-huh. With a couple inches of snow on the ground, like the air that next morning would just be perfect. Um, right. Almost like flying at night. Saying, not saying I fly at night, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not not just, admitting that I fly at night. <laughs> just incredibly smooth air, and it's uh, it, it it your hands like go numb. So you're trying to do like 20, 30 minutes because it's it's honestly the best air that I've ever flown in. But right. uh, you can't, right. you almost can't enjoy it because you can't feel your fingers anymore. So it uh, right. you definitely you definitely gotta want it. It's like riding a motorcycle in the rain. I hope the, the the weather holds out for a little bit longer to be able to get in some extra flights. I still have like. The cold weather gear um, that has the battery powered stuff. So I'll be able to fly into the cooler months uh, up to a point, right? So then it'll be too cold to fly. But, anyways, so I, far. I, I always tell people they got to have, I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember this, the Whoopi, the Army Whoopi. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Only, I, just, I just sold it. <laughs> the only piece of army equipment that works extremely well that i think transcended multiple wars and generations is the, right the poncho liner i guess is what uh normal the, people call it the official so, nomenclature poncho yeah. something like that yeah no i i totally <sighs> had it in it and it is it works really well but i just sold mine and it would have it would have packed into the uh the uh cargo pocket on the the sup air harness that i have but i i sold it you know yeah Which, when i when I left the army, you know, you got to turn all your stuff in. It, it, it's the best time in the world, as anybody that's gone through it knows. Um, <laughs> and when I tried to turn in my poncho liner, he's like, "This thing's dirty," and I'm like, 
yeah, it's dirty. It's been to like <laughs> different countries over 10 years. It's right. wore out. And yeah. he's like, well, you didn't wash it, which, uh, which I did wash it. I mean, everybody knows you got to clean your stuff before you take right. it in. So I go home and wash it like two more times. He's like, this isn't clean enough. I'm like, because it's 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's not getting yeah. any cleaner. Uh, no so, kidding. But, uh, it still worked well though. I mean, it was, it, it was definitely faded glory there, but, uh, it was, uh, I miss it. I had to turn mine in. I didn't get to keep it for sure. And that would be it. That would be one of probably several cool army items that that we would have been issued that would make uh, turn out to be really handy for a paracamping adventure. Yeah. So, well, and the uh, the sleep system too. Like that. As much as I hated it, actually, it really, <laughs> the, really the sleeping well. bag sleep system. Yeah, you could get to five million degrees with the all, <laughs> yeah. all three bag a three bag night. You'd yeah, you're, you're right. just sweating. But uh, yeah, yeah. Mine were all mismatching, different camouflage <laughs> through the through the generations. You had BDU, the desert tan one, and then like ACU and and multicam for all the different layers of mismatching. But whatever, I got what I got. Yeah. No, the um, army, the army loves to to make everything match until it costs money. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I've been flying. Uh, I, can I share my thoughts on yeah the. the I was going to say the Gravity Connect, <laughs> the Let's Gravity Defiance. Uh, so I, I, I was, I was, the assembly process was was nice and smooth, easy going. Uh, once I figured out the best way to get the engine onto the tank, and, and then it was all downhill from from there. I mean, it was super easy to to get the harness on, just simply click things in, just tighten the straps to to wherever I preferred them. Uh, the netting looks really strong. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of confidence in it. I'll see how long it lasts. I anticipate for a while, so I'm, I'm actually pretty confident in it, but we'll see. And then came the break-in, right? So I had everything attached, and I do the break-in. And I'm not like the master with, with carbs, and I think in the previous episode you'd mentioned that you know that's something you could give an entire class on. Somehow I believe you because when I called you five seconds later, my carb is running perfectly. And, and I mean, I, I had gone through the whole warm-up with it just being off. Like I was able to go through all the cycles, and then as soon as I released power all the way, it would just stall. But when I called you, you whispered sweet nothings into the into <laughs> the phone, and it works really well now. So, I mean, hell yeah. Uh, I, so I so I then was able to go for my first flights, and um, the so so as far as weight goes, I personally cannot tell a difference. And I as far as like when it comes to picking it up, carrying it on my back, it feels comfortable like the the shoulder straps on the sup air harness are super thick i i imagine they are um more thick more padded than um the dudec power seat comfort which is another harness that i really like um but yeah super comfortable on my back um i was actually laying out the glider preparing to take off while having the gravity defiant on my back and it, it wasn't that bad at all i mean it's just like the weight of the weight of the uh, parajet maverick which is what i'm most familiar with prior to the gravity defiant um and then what i was surprised by is is i'm not entirely sure if it was if my takeoff was so successful with the defiant because of the increased propeller size being it, am i am i correct it's a 130 is that right yeah, or, no, it's a it's a one thirty. So okay, yeah. so there is a little bit a little bit more prop there. I don't know. 
Maybe it's because it's it's a brand new MY20 Moster 185 Plus, and, and, and mine is kind of like old, and it may have seen better days. I mean, it still runs really well, but it's, it's the Moster 185 Plus. It's a great motor. But with the new um, Defiant, my, my takeoff dif- distance felt a little shorter, and I'm at 4,000 feet, and I got off, I scooted right off the ground uh, faster than I was able to with with my other paramotor. And I was wondering if perhaps that extra five centimeters in propeller length could ha- could be could be the reason why. Do you is there a reason why you went with a 130 propeller with the Gravity Defiant? Well, it has nothing to do with propeller length. It's all because you're flying a gravity. So by flying a gravity, it gives it 27 more horsepower. Oh, no shit. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I'd I'd love to claim that, but that, that wouldn't be fact, unfortunately. Um, Going from a 125 to a 130 can be anywhere from about 10 to 15%, arguably 10 to 15 uh, more percent more power. Um, and it depends on the frame, in my opinion, because a lot of frames carry all the way to the ground, i.e. that's the frame portion, what it sets on the ground with. And that obstructs a large portion of the airflow that gets to the prop. Um, it, it doesn't obstruct, obstruct all of it. Obviously, air will fill that void in between there. You know, air is very fast at filling that void, especially at the speeds at which we're flying. We're just not really flying a whole lot to make a huge difference, but it, it does make a difference. And we've noticed increased, measurable increased climb on the Defy, our first paramotor. It obviously had a very smooth undercarriage for the air to transition under the pilot. And then we, we carried over that same design philosophy into, um, into the Defiant, from the Defy to the Defiant there. And so we try to keep that airflow uh, extremely clean there because, you know, an extra 10 to 15% is, is a big difference. And where we've seen guys really notice the difference when they start to get to some altitude, which I believe you guys are around 4,000 feet out there. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. And that also speaks to some of the carb issues there that you're talking about. So the when Vito ships the engines, they, they are Vito Rossi ships the engines. They obviously do some test running and everything else there. In fact, they, they do more than any other manufacturer I know to make sure that when an engine gets to a customer, like it left that factory 100% working. Um, but but that, that's at their altitude. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and they've done a really good job on the carb. Like, um, you know, maybe we can do another episode or, or something on that because there's a lot of magic going on in an air for how simple that carb appears. It's, it's really not, but sometimes, you know, going to higher altitude and being an unbroken in engine, you need to richen that low speed needle just a touch, just a little bit as you did. And that's all and it took, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think once you start to break in that engine, you'll start to want to get it smoother back in the mid range. If you notice, sometimes guys don't notice any reference there. It's, 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 it's all in the, like, you know, it's all in perspective of the person doing it, but you can lean that needle back in by lean, lean that needle back out a little bit by turning it in and, um, get a little bit smoother mid range. But I mean, we're, we're talking about such fine movement on there that you really don't believe it until you mess with it. And you're just like, cause I, I talk to customers all the time. Like this video is not running. It's crap. Everything else. I'm like, just, and they're like, I turned the needle all the way to stock settings. I did it. And I'm like, well, let's just try it one more time. And like, I'll get with them on FaceTime or something. They'll put it there and, and magically it runs. Uh, and so I'd, I'd love to take all the credit 
uh, for being the Vitorasi whisperer, but it really just takes some time messing with them to kind of, you know, figure out kind of the nuances. And then once you kind of got them dialed in, it's, it's usually not, not too finicky. Right. I certainly hope that as time goes by that I, I increase my overall competence on how the carburetor works. I got a, a pretty rough idea. In other news with Viterazzi, um, I know that they've they're they've just recently announced their new EFI uh, Moster 185. Is that something that you think will be available to individuals for the Gravity Defiant in in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I th- they believe their release date. They're talking uh, 2022 right now. Um, which with COVID and everything else, it seems like times is flying. And so, but the product is a pretty exciting product. Um, it's EFI done right, in my opinion. Oh, you do? Uh, okay, because I've heard, I've heard yeah. individuals, uh, uh, M- Mitchell, who, who's like an, a person I would trust for his mechanical skills, yeah. um, thought, thought that maybe the placement, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it, but yeah. I think he had like some concerns. But, you know, um, what is your, your impression on you? Are optimistic about it. Well, I can't stand that Mitchell guy. So, yeah, me neither. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it, it's challenging. I mean, there's a reason people haven't done it, and there's been some other people put some, you know, arguably successfully EFI kits on the market um, that I thought were pretty well done. It's just it's really hard to keep it consistent on when you have to pull the kind of the data from the engine, like the the exhaust gas temperature, the head temperature. You know, you really want the temperature inside the um, inside the cylinder to really get a good idea on, you know, cause you're having to give that data to the computer controller to, to meter the fuel and mixture and everything else. And so it, it's far more challenging than the people would anticipate. And it's even more challenging to get it in a small condensed package. You know, if you look at, if you look at your car, just go pop the hood on your car, you'll see like mass airflow sensors, computer there, computer there, sensor there. You know, and that's all the things they have to do to get that. And even sometimes that car doesn't have the best idle, you know. Uh, and so it's it's a pretty challenging equation, especially when you're trying to put it all in a little tiny box and get it to fit on a little 25, 27 horsepower engine. And so I think it's I think it's really well sorted. I know they've been working on it for some time and they still get a little bit of time to continue to vet the product. Um, but I, I think it's the right direction especially with, you know, some of the laws starting to squeeze down on two strokes and everything else. It, it could be a way to, I don't want to say circumvent those laws, but prove the efficiency gains and reduction in emissions to be able to fly in certain states if, if some of those things come to fruition. It'll also be pretty helpful for for them when it comes to not needing to adjust the carburetor, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. It, so for us here at 4,000 feet, it's it works its little voodoo magic inside that electronic fuel injection so that I don't have to worry about it. I can just turn it on and, I mean, I imagine still let it warm up or something, right? But Yeah, absolutely. And that's the beauty of a good um, electronic fuel ignition system. You know, you can drive your car up in the mountains of Colorado or next to the ocean there there in texas and it, it usually runs the same because it's it's doing all the hard math for us and so it's it's a step in the right direction and uh Vito does a lot of testing you know they're you know the largest engine manufacturer that does only paramotor engines and so they they know what they're doing and the team there is pretty sharp and so i'm, I'm excited about it it just I think it's a step forward in like really repro- refining like the entire product space. I, I always say it on the podcast to get, I want to see the whole industry start going more towards like the dirt bike 
paramotor world and like quality of products because I think, you know, they obviously have some of the best engineers in the world working on that stuff. And so any step we take that direction, like I'm all for and just happy to be a part of, to be honest. Huh. So there I was uh, out at the field <laughs> for that first flight and I did get off the ground just a little bit sooner. It felt really smooth. Um, I know that in discussions that we had that that Mitchell was uh, Mitchell who also has the gravity defiant was saying like at the very top end he had some sort of vibration honestly I didn't I didn't notice that and I was really attentive to it like I was paying close attention for any sort of little vibrations and I didn't feel it at all I thought it was really smooth the, the, the tank should take some of that vibration you know that's one of the advantages of that tank is to absorb a lot of those vibrations um, you got to watch harmonics sometimes can do funny things. Um, but we, we haven't seen any stuff like that. Um, but also to be fair, the entire equation, any paramotor brand, I always tell customers like you really need to give the engine five to 10 hours to like really break in to make that judgment call. And especially that low speed needle, um, that low speed needle carries into the upper R- RPM range a lot higher than people to anticipate, so it usually doesn't transition off that jet till about 67, 7,000 RPM, in my opinion, um, before you get on the high needle. So some of that low speed roughness could be due to the low speed needle just being a touch rich, which I wouldn't change anything. I would get it through that five to 10 hours and then start tweaking. And I think a lot of times that that vibration, that roughness that people refer to will disappear. Right. So so what you're saying is, is, is it sounds like Mitchell Graham wasn't able to to get his carburetor as good as I was able to get mine. Right. That's so, exactly correct. And, OK, and I just I'm, wanted to yeah, you know, make sure. Yeah. So and uh, I'm also a better Apache pilot, too. So <laughs> let's just make sure we're we're, 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 we're all clear. On, on that. Oh, good, so. good. Excellent. Uh, so. Other things that I had I had heard from. Uh, things that I was really mindful of um, during the flying was, you know, okay, so so I, I looked into some of the comments a little deeper than I should have. In the back of my mind, I'm, I'm telling myself this: these swing arms that come with the Defiant are reinforced. That they're not just stuck into the hardened uh, plastic. They are they are connected along the back into the aviation grade. Uh, aluminum so they're so they're 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 like jointed together with with a very strong component and so um, but it it did play a trick on my mind a little bit as I was doing these big wing overs and barrel rolls I was like I'm still just gonna send it I've got a a reserve and sure enough everything was perfectly fine and I was pulling some really big G's not a not a thing uh, not a concern it it worked really well and I weigh 200 and Probably 210 pounds of pure twisted steel and sex appeal. Uh. <laughs> well, we we actually get a lot of questions on that because it, it appears and we designed it that way because we, you know, I care about the aesthetics a lot is that it appears that that the arm peg, as we call it, that the swing arm is bolt that swivels around just goes into the plastic. And that's not the case. That's probably one of the most challenging pieces metal wise that, you know, that we had to design is that that whole metal brace, we call it the support brace, wraps around the entire tank. And it's what provides the structural rigidity for the swing arm mechanism and kind of that unibody monocoque, as you call it, fuselage structure when it all clamps together. 
And so we've we've tested so that that obviously was a transition from the defy to the defiant. And so we're pretty confident, knock on some wood, always knock on some wood, but we're, we're pretty confident in that system as we've had some people really put it through its paces. We've got a guy that tumbles a defy on that joint all the way out to right. its highest infinite, stress point. That's infinite yeah. tumbles you're speaking of, yeah. right? So going yeah. end over end, front flips yeah. basically on these paragliders where on the downswing of it, like at the bottom, that's some pretty damn high Gs. I mean, enough yeah. to, to carry somebody all the way back over the top, which is Absol- extreme. Absolutely. Uh, and so, and that, that, and the website, the website's going to be live here in a bit. And, uh, it's about God uh, dang time, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> the whole team has been on me about the website, but, uh, we've got a really good, uh, engineering photo that shows that mechanism without the tank that I think will be extremely helpful for people to help cool. build that kind right. of that picture to make sense of it, works. to process yeah. it in their mind. Cause, yeah. cause, okay. So I'm not crazy for, thinking that because because no. of how many people have have thought that but then as i was doing these maneuvers i'm like i'm like i'm still alive baby <laughs> <laughs> i know it, it is it's just a totally different design and it and it looks it creates the impression as if as if you're you're flying just your your fuel source i mean it's like the tank yeah. um and then everything kind of comes out of it however it's it, there's a there's some rigidity and, and structure to it that that may not yeah. be as visible, but it's there. Uh, very cool. Um, and so we're yeah. gonna be we're gonna be putting out some engineering videos here soon that show us stress testing those parts. Um, we've got some from the Defy days, but I want to do it on the Defiant too. Um, well, we've, we've already done some. We just didn't do a good job and filming it. What will, that in, what will that entail? Like what sort of you're going to try and like um, literally find its its breaking point or something? We we absolutely will find its breaking point. And so we've got a um, a load cell that and uh, like also a crane. Um, oh, you know what a hoist is, I'm sure. So that you can because we got to be able to pull thousands of pounds on these. Um, so we've um, got a load cell that we're going to hook everything up to and do a much better job filming to see where this stuff is going to break at to, you know, just to provide more credibility to the design. You know, we've destruction tested this joint to I think the last failure was over two tons. And so it's it's a significant amount of force it takes to to break that joint. Two but tons. Would that be like six G's, seven G's like it, for for a 200 yeah. It'd be a lot of G's. Yeah. Yeah. So if we take a uh, 300 pound complete system, you know, with the motor on and we times that times nine to some beer math here, that's uh 2,700 pounds. And so that's kind of our target weight. And then we do um, a safety factor. Um, safety factors, you know, obviously big in all engineering, but even more so in, in aviation because the cost of failure, it's not like you can pull off on the side of the road in a car or something. Um, and so we run a pretty healthy safety factor defending on the part. And so, and we've, we've had a guy, you know, do the infinity tumble, um, that, that machine, my, my stepdad's still flying a portion of that machine right now. And then he, he pushed it a little too far and then he took a direct, I think I've talked about this before, but he took a direct sideways reserve deployment almost from a terminal fall. And uh, the only thing it did was bend one of the swing arms about uh, eighth to a quarter of an inch all the way out on the side because that's where the reserve was connected. But all the other joints and structure was was good, which that's about the most. And he he was over 200 pounds uh, himself. So that's about the 
again, I'm not going to go pay somebody to do that or, or ask somebody to do that. Um, and so to get that kind of destruction testing and then survive was, was huge for us. I would like to try it. <laughs> I mean, in the right scenario, uh, and it it does sound it does seem exciting. In in, in all honesty, that's that's super cool, and I, I look forward to seeing those videos. Especially like that'd be cool if you could release something with one of those high speed cameras. I don't yep. know. I'm just making shit expensive for you. By no, you should, you exactly. should buy one of those ten thousand dollars cameras for a yeah, day rental. And that's exactly what we're gonna do. And part of that is our weight reduction strategy. Um, that as we start to test and build confidence in these parts, we'll start removing material from them uh, to get to, you know, obviously having a, a healthy uh, safety factor margin in there, but allows us to start reducing weight. And if people pay close attention to these parts, you'll start seeing material come off of them uh, for that reason. Let's go even further into my, my flight so I can tell people what they can be excited about. The harness, the harness in flight, for some reason, was was just in a in a way a lot more comfortable, and I think it's because it's 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 a little bit wider. Um, the the uh, harness that I have equipped on my Gravity Defiant is a size large slash extra large, I think, uh, and, and that that's the size of the the harness that I was flying prior to having the Defiant, um, and there's a lot more room to play. There's a lot more. It's it's just it's just like having a chair. And I know if I was going to be doing cross country flying, I kept thinking that in my head. I was like, I I don't see myself reaching discomfort in this harness. I feel like this is a ch a chair that I could sit in for a long period of time for a you know a really long flight. Um, and and also the way it felt in turbulence, I didn't really have any sort of severe turbulence while flying. Uh, just some light stuff, some light rotor chop, you know, whatever you want to call it, coming into the uh, that that I was encountering, and uh, the the stability of the harness, man, I I don't know how to explain it, but it just felt very stable, uh, very comfortable in that chair. As far as the arm positions go, um, so the swing arms are adjustable in width. Uh, I I had them set out to. Uh, one on one side and then two on the other to compensate for the torque a little bit and that seemed to like work really well it was more stiff uh, it, and I, I plan on in the future widening it up a little bit so I can really start to play basically for, for the listeners I had it at its most narrow setting minus minus like one click like I went over one click on one side and two clicks on the other and I think it can go how wide can it go like several can go uh, we like can go all the way up to about 19 20 inches in the, around that area so yeah it can get it can get pretty wide especially with um you know you have the the dynamic flight system pucks the dfs system pucks in there that if you have more articulation in there the the wing will pull those arms out a little wider as well and so it can get it can get very active but you're doing in my opinion exactly how you should do it like keep it narrow obviously you know still comfortable for your body to get into it but um, keep it narrow and then slowly widen it out until you kind of feel like what's right for you. Yeah, for sure. And and it was it was it was very stable. I did have a little bit of weight shift, but it was like it, it wasn't anything um, intimidating, not even close. I mean, it was it was stable. It was really in a stable configuration, which may have like contributed to to the harness feeling like I was in this super comfortable 
uh, chair because it wasn't wiggling. It was just like, man, I, I really was like, man, I feel like I'm flying in a Cessna or something. Like it was, it was kind of, it was a unique experience for me being that um, I couldn't adjust how much weight shift. It was always at a constant setting. I knew going into it that I was going to have a stiff uh, suspension, for lack of better words. It wasn't, it wasn't wobbly at all. Very uh, smooth and controlled. Anyways, uh, something to look forward to for, for all of those individuals who, who have placed their order for the Gravity Defiant is the ability to make big adjustments to your weight shift. Uh, and then I'm just going to, for time's sake, because we're trying to keep these episodes shorter, um, jump to, to the landing, uh, which Mitchell had originally stated that he had some difficulty getting out of his seat for landing, which he then later reported he fixed by making some sort of adjustment. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> I found it to be the same thing. I didn't notice anything on, on that end. Um, super nice. Uh, one thing, one thing I, I did, like, I, I got this big old cut on my leg and it was just from, I rode my four wheeler to the field with the gravity defiant on my back. Uh, and there's like one buckle in on that damn harness that like scraped my leg. And this is where I start crying cause I'm such a baby. <laughs> uh, there's just one little buckle at the, what is that part of the harness at the very base of the seat? That, that like gives you like that extra length of of like support are you talking about the ground handling strap that connects at the lowest part of the tank or the middle one that connects so it's the one that it's the one that allows um for your legs to be like picked up a little bit um oh the um what do we call that it's kind of it, it, just that flap at the front of the exactly yeah down. exactly yeah. that one so that so buckle seatboard flap maybe yeah seatboard so, flap i like that yeah. it that's that uh, buckle. Um, I know on some other harnesses it has a, I think like a, maybe like a nylon wrap around it that, that yeah. doesn't have it exposed. And I'm like, that must be why they do that because uh, it, uh, it, it actually it, it's, it's pretty sharp. <laughs> but um, oh, that's uh, that's some good feedback. Like we, you know, we're in we're in the midst of kind of in the process of bringing in another harness, like we've talked about. And so getting all those feedback points now just makes it easier for him to, for us to integrate them into production. Um, and that really, you know, we've, we looked at every harness on the market when we started doing the defy paramotor and, you know, we continue to evaluate harnesses to this day. I mean, if everybody goes to the gravity shop there, like we've got harnesses everywhere, um, some cut up, some re-sewing. I mean, they, you know, it's, it's R and D type stuff, but, um, what we found is a lot of harnesses, like a Dudex not better than the Supair, a Supair is not better than the Apco. They've all kind of got these little nuance trade-offs that makes them really good at like a certain type of flight. And, you know, like you talk about the harness pads on the Supair, like they're really full and long and comfortable. And it's for carrying the weight of the paramotor. It's one of the, it's the most comfortable harness that I've ever flown. Um, but the Dudex, you know, and the Apco, they've got what's called a floating seat board where it's the one of the made supporting straps, the seat board goes to kind of a, a rectangular malleon or pulley type thing. And, uh, and that makes some things easier, like getting out of the seat sometimes. And so that's what we're trying to do is bring the best of all these worlds into here. But sometimes you got to be careful that if you mix all this thing stuff together, sometimes you don't get the in desire that you want. And so, yeah, so we, 
we hope to have a we better harness solution in the in the future but we at the same time we're like we're really happy with the sup air variant like it's a very nice harness exactly nice harness. and that's that's basically what I, I wanted to to relay is that I don't think that any harness like you said is perfect and I'm glad that I'm able to find something that I can find like perhaps some cons in and because there are there are a lot of pros about that harness I mean things that I yeah. that felt were superior uh, to any harness I've, I've flown before, which I've flown like several different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And, and I really like this Supair harness. Uh, and, and I look forward to seeing what you can create. Uh, it's just, I, I struggle to find other areas um, with the paramotor yet. I mean, I'm going to have a lot more time with it yeah. and then be able to report back and, and say, hey, this is shit. <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing <laughs> I can say right now, which is perhaps not as exciting to to people as, as they would hope for. Um, but you know, but, but it's I, a good thing. Yeah, but I... You know, it, it's not a perfect product, you know, I, and I think any responsible manufacturer would, would say the same about theirs. Um, we've done everything we can to make it a perfect product. But, you know, as I've shared with you kind of offline, like there's all these little nuances that I want to improve. You know, I was talking to a customer last night. You know, I, I love getting that feedback back because it allows us to tweak and make it better. So we're, we're not just putting wordplay when we say that stuff, like we really want to make this product better, like every iteration, every production order. For sure. And so getting like this simple, it's like, hey, you guys should put a, a neoprene covering over that buckle because it was rubbing me. Like that's huge, you know, because you want to be comfortable when you fly this. You know, I don't I don't want to be uncomfortable when I'm flying. You know, everybody wants to fly first class. Right. And so, <laughs> um, yeah. Those little things, they, they go a long way, especially with the harness, because it's it's like the harness and the throttle. Like those are the two items that we're here making contact, right? You make those. Yeah. It's what you actually touch when you're flying, you know, outside the brake handles. And so it's, it's important. Those work well, in my opinion, let's go straight into any sort of updates. What are you and the team working on? I'm sure there's a lot of delivery packaging uh, stuff, but what, what else is going on? Yeah. So, um, Garrett and Bill have been hard at work this week, sorting out all the packaging and everything else. We wanted to wait, until we started getting some of the final parts in and to kind of finalize the production packaging. And so they've been really working hard. They got stuff vacuum bagged and everything else. So it arrives to the customer in, in pristine condition. Um, just like I overdo it on the design stuff, they usually overdo it on the packaging stuff because they want it to get to the customer without issue. And so they've been really working hard on that stuff. And then Garrett and Bill have started calling customers this week to start arranging uh, delivery dates. So we should start seeing a lot more gravities out there very, 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 very soon. Very so, cool. Yeah. And then on on my side of the house, um, I've been working hard on the website, um, which we expect to go live um uh, maybe live today, depending, probably live already by the time this podcast goes out there. So um, it's a big update to us as we kind of transition to kind of a new uh, web experience for the customers, a place to where they can register their machines, you know, do all the stuff that they, they should be able to do for an item that costs this much, to, to be blatantly honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and also just for somebody to get a little more information, I mean, because it's kind of like yeah. in, in school, some people are, are this sort of learner, like visual learners or yeah. uh, w- whatever the hell, you know what I mean? But um, for, for, for the website, this is going to be pretty cool to be able to inform people, hey, go check it out. Um, 
especially if it has like those images that you're talking about that, that show people they're not going to die. <laughs> I, my word choice is a little too strong right now. <laughs> no, it's, I think a healthy dose of respect for the sport is, is good. You know, I don't, nobody likes to use the big D word death, but um, I think you got to kind of always have that respect for anything that flies. Um, or sometimes bad things, bad things happen. I know from our side, we're excited. I mean, we enjoy watching, um, you and Mitch's updates, but we're ready to start seeing some other customers out there doing the thing. <laughs> You're getting and sick so of us. <laughs> it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, Mitch is going to come after me, man. Got him on the Apache pilot thing. <laughs> tired of him. He's going to be on my doorstep. With yeah. His, uh, crazy driving maneuvers here soon don't don't come to el paso that puts you in danger close <laughs> no i and i and i think for mitch and, and both you guys like you know big shout out to you guys the customer feedback that we've got has been really really positive so you you guys have done an, an excellent job of being kind of ambassadors uh you know first i guess guinea pigs to some degree being the first ones to receive the product and we are we were very thankful for that. You know, same time I had a conversation with the gentleman that you mentioned last week, uh, Wesley Ward, I believe. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he was talking about some things. So it it makes the team feel really good. And, you know, and it, it's all kind of that feedback loop is kind of our internal word for it. And it's this kind of success, you know, brings on more success. And so the whole team's excited to kind of get that stuff out there, see some more videos and hopefully getting as many people as we can flying gravity paramotors. Cool. Very, very, very cool. Thanks for taking the, the time yeah. to record with us again this week. Uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, again. And I think we're, we, we also plan on getting uh, Garrett on this at some yeah. point, whether it's next week or the week after. Yeah. Uh, so we can start introducing the team a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I think that'll be an excellent idea. I'm sure everybody's tired of, of hearing me. Just want and, that blue uh, hair bill. <laughs> get blue hair bill. But uh, no, once my arms uh, become unnumb from your, your tranquilizer dart, <laughs> get a yeah. mic down there so we can get, get everybody on board, you know. So, but biggest thing is is getting product out there to the, the pre-order customers. And that's what we're, we're literally working every day to do. And uh, Garrett and Bill have been literally burning the midnight oil to... Like I'll get texts from those guys at two or three o'clock in, in the morning um, about changes here and there. And so they're really excited to do kind of a mass shipment of all this product out to the, up to the, out to the customers. Right on. So, but, Very cool. uh, so if you see, if you see us calling, make sure you pick up cause we're just wanting to probably double check <laughs> and confirm some things because that thing's about to go into the mail. Right on. So. Yeah. So for the listeners right now, if you have any sort of questions about gravity parameters, the gravity defiant in general, uh, I had that backwards. If you have any questions about the Gravity Defiant or Gravity Paramotors in general, go to the paramotorpodcast.com slash contact and from the drop down box select Gravity Connect and submit your question. You'll hear it on next week's episode. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. See you. See ya. <laughs>